this is Mike and Tom from Mike Has a Drink. We just wanted to take a second and talk to you about our favorite app, Anchor. Anchor has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And you know, and even plus that, when you're hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Yeah, it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, man, it's totally free. So listen, you want to start a podcast, you're thinking about trying to figure it out. If the two of us (laughs) figured this out, how hard can it be? So go right now, download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You won't regret it. Whoa! I decided to join us. Hey guys. Hi Reg. How was vacation? Um busy, fun, you know, vacation. Souvenirs like we asked. Grab us souvenirs. Um I got I got some souvenirs. Um, yeah, Tom and, I, Tom and I specifically asked for a piece of the Eiffel Tower. Oh, I didn't go the there. Wall. I didn't go there, but maybe I'll give you some uh, some candy. You know. Uh, oh, okay, okay. okay. Well, I mean, you know, since I might actually get to. See everybody like in person this weekend. So you know, we I was thinking we might actually have to do like an extra podcast this week since Reggie will be in town That's in right. person. But it's only gonna be released to our Patreons. Ooh. So if you're on the fence about being a Patreon, this is your shot. Reg will be in person. That's right. We may even disclose the location to you so you can come and have a beer. With the queen of the podcast. <laughs> so, uh, Tom. Mike. Bring us in. I uh, got us. I like beer because it is good. I drink beer because I should. If there was a song to sing, I sing it and beer you drink. I drink beer when I am sad because the beer it makes me glad. Now there's nothing left to say, so let's go drink beer. Beer is good! Beer is good! Beer is good! Hey, stop! Beer is good! Beer is good! Beer is good! Let's go drink some beer! Like always, shout out to those mad men from Psycho Stick. I have noticed that they have been doing a lot more touring. Follow their page. Go check them out. I don't know about our um, 3% of our audience that is over in uh, Europe. I'm not sure if they're going to be over there anytime soon. Um, but if they ever do, go check them out. So Definitely give them a listen regardless. Yeah, definitely. Definitely pull them up. I don't even know what you guys have over there in that country, but you know, Spotify seems to work. Um, I have some exciting news, Tom. Mm. Well, so, go ahead and lay it on me, Mike. So, uh, Reggie, you know how we run ad, an ad now in the beginning of the episode? Mm-hmm. And we get paid for that ad. 
Ooh. Time five people listen to it, we make a penny. Ooh. I know. Yeah. Reggie, you ready to have your mind blown? When you left for vacation, mm -hmm. we had 32 sets. We now have 98 cents. Yeah. We almost dropped a dollar three years ahead of schedule. I mean, maybe by Christmas we can buy a bottle of wine. Ooh. Ooh Roger, that's a pretty ambitious goal. I mean, it is. I, I thought for sure we'd have a shot at some Boone's Farm, but apparently, that, at least in Mercer, they don't sell it. They sell Bully Hill, but no. I don't, uh, I don't even think they make Boone's Farm anymore. I don't know if they do or not, but when did Bully Hill become bougie? That used to be like four fifty. It was like when you had a little bit extra change, you wanted to <laughs> you wanted to be fancy and you skip the bones, you hit the bully hill. It's like twelve bucks a bottle now. Good lord. I won't I'm not paying twelve bucks a bottle for that. No, not for that. <laughs> it's like asking me to pay over twenty dollars for a bottle of Mad Dog twenty twenty. It ain't happening. I didn't see that in the store. Is it still there? Oh yeah, she's still there. I must not have been in that in the low rent section. Well, maybe I was in the low rent section and it doesn't live there anymore. No, it still lives okay. there. <laughs> well, we know it still tastes like it. Uh, oh, it tastes like high school and bad decisions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, how ironic that we're coming full circle. <laughs> right? Hey, you know what? Everybody, we had a warning that 2020 was going to be rough because of MD 2020. Yeah. <laughs> In our freaking teens, we should have been better. <laughs> so, like always, <coughs> follow us on Spotify, Apple Music. I really want to say iHeartRadio one of these times, but not yet. Uh, Amazon Music, Google, Podvine, Podvine, getting some traction there. Um, have any questions, concerns? Want to tell us that you're so thankful that Reggie's finally back and you don't have to listen to us two idiots for an hour. Drop us an email. At Mike has a drink at gmail.com. Again, we promise you it will be one of us two responding. And if you're a Patreon, it'll be red. <laughs> that almost that makes it worth it We're right there. Sweet to sweeten the bottle, right? <laughs> so they don't um, they don't care about the bonus. The right. bonus episode. No, they just yeah. care that Reggie's going to personally they, respond. They want a response from Reggie so they can print it out, put it in a frame, right, and hang it up on their wall. Um, so. I do have to go ahead and just put out there that unfortunately Chelsea was unable to join us this evening as she had to go and save lives for some reason. <laughs> just like we said about Reggie and her three-week tour of, of the world. It's all about priorities, right? You know, <laughs> it's not a surprise. The podcast is not a surprise. It's every Tuesday, people. Every Tuesday. I mean, in my in my defense, for two of those weeks, I was four or five hours ahead. So she was already cranked by the time yeah. we were getting texted. I was already living in the future. Yeah. <laughs> so, Reggie, since you came back from the future, what happens? I don't know. Do the Dolphins ever win the Super Bowl, Reggie? Probably not. <laughs>
Do the angels ever win the pennant? <laughs> are, are we uh, are we all gonna go stand out in the yard and wave our arms? <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know what movie that is, people. Angels in the outfield. Red and I are referring to. Angels in the yeah. outfield. Yeah, that's a good movie. That movie is funny. Oh, man. So, yeah, it's been a pretty exciting, you know, couple weeks, Reggie, you know. Mike brewed his own wine. I did, and that's what Tom and I are drinking tonight. Which is, um. We knew, we knew it was going to be a little dangerous because it's, the, it's, form, the fermentation process, instead of being three days, was three weeks. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a little dangerous. So... The last time we checked, it was it was coming in at about twelve percent. Take that, take that a little slow. Well, too late for that, Reggie. You got like before. Like as soon as we start shooting pool, Reg, that's over. Wow. You don't if you don't give us a warning before that. Of course, I guess the warning only occurred last night when I sent Tom a message and said, "Go." I just had two glasses of wine. And I ain't driving. And I'm driving nowhere. As a matter of fact, I might just go to bed. And I I sent him a two-word response, to which he replied a one-word. Right? My response was, that effective? His response was, yup, not yeah, not yes, Y-U-P, yup. He was pretty cranked, on not you? In my defense... Spell check. <laughs> <laughs> Made up that word, Tom, I promise. Um, it tried to recognize your Canadian lingo. That's what happened. That could be. There is a language barrier between me and Alexa. So, but that's all. I've got, uh, I've got Negronis marinating for this weekend. So, yeah. you guys better be able to handle your gin. Oh. <laughs> So you even frost says, gotta be able to handle your gin. So we'll have to make kind of fun later. We don't want all the freaks showing up, you know, Reg. <laughs> oh, I'm not invited. Yeah, you're definitely not. <laughs> we'll send you pictures. Oh, well, at um, least I get that. Yeah. So, um, look, Reggie. Mm -hmm. Last couple <laughs> weeks without you keeping us on task. Oh no. We've been cut, <laughs> we've been getting cut off mid-thought. You know, when you're on, they let us go over. Yeah, no shit. No. Straight at one hour. Yeah. Done. We'd be like, all right, look, let's do it. Uh did that hang up on us? <laughs> of course maybe, it did. Maybe it just thinks you're talking to yourself. And that's why it kicks you off at an hour. Hey, hey, Reggie, hey, hey, hey. Judging me? Like, yeah. that's how I get through work. No, no, see, hey, of course we talk to ourselves. We need expert opinions, don't we? <laughs> oh, that brings me to uh, my next announcement. <laughs> um, since Tom has been on my ass about I have, having I have. an episode about dad jokes, I, I, and I'm not, I'm not willing to do it. <laughs> So we're, we are now putting a segment into the podcast called Tuesday's Tom's Terrible Dad Jokes. All right. Are you ready, Mike? I'm ready, Tom. You know, my girlfriend, as she's falling asleep, she wants me to stand over her and blow air on her. 
I got to say, man, I'm not a fan. Whew, and see, this is why I thought <laughs> I want to do a whole episode. <laughs> All right, Tom, you got one more. You're only allowed to tell two a week. <laughs> oh, I didn't think I was going to get two. Uh, hey, Mike, how many people you think are buried at the cemetery uptown? I don't know, Tom, how many? All of them. I heard they're dying to get in there. Ah, <laughs> but the dead end to get in. Whew. All right, Reggie. Reggie's like, okay. I have, I, I, have I have one just because my dog is like going nuts over here. All right, Reg. And this is only funny if you know my dog's name. Uh, what, did, uh, what did Heimdall say? You're surrounded by portals. Pick one. Bye, Frost. Bye, Frost. Oh, yeah. All right, Reg. All right. Yeah. Good. That was a good one. Look, Reg, I don't know if you listened to the episodes, but we did give you a shout-out while you were gone because we had to shuffle some episodes. And uh, we were like, all right, so, like, you know, episode gets shuffled around. You know, our first step is we usually say, hey, Reggie. And then there was what? Radio silence? <laughs> yeah. We, we need you to pick your, that big brain of yours and come up with something that, like, you can talk to two idiots about for an hour. But you weren't available to us. So we just kind of winged it. We winged it. Yeah. I, I mean, although I have been told that our Florida Man episode was pretty funny. I thought it was kind of funny. <laughs> I'm still waiting for someone to send us a Florida man story about a snake. Speaking of, on the way out to uh, Chelsea's house this morning, I saw a decent-sized black rat snake that had been crossing the road. You didn't hit it, did you? No, I did not. Uh, someone did, though? Look, I, I'm anti-snake, man. I'm as anti-snake as you could be. Like, if Yeah, I ever, yeah, I know. You told me. Look, if I ever walk into my basement... And I see a snake skin, I'm sticking a for sale sign in my yard and I'm moved. Like, it's not happening. Vibes, the cat, caught a little garter snake <clears throat> and brought it up and dropped it on my lap <laughs> when I was sitting out on the deck. I almost had a heart attack, man. I flicked that thing into the driveway and ran it over with the lawnmower. <laughs> I'm, I'm not having it. But would you rather have like mice and rats get into your house? Reggie garter snakes aren't gonna eat a mite, a mouse. No, but black rat snakes. That's why I'm guys over. Stop, listen. If it starts to rattle, hit it. <laughs> if it starts to rattle, then you're too far south. No way, Reggie, they're all over the place out here. Hey, Reggie. Huh? Reggie, they're Reggie, so time out, time out, time out. Reggie, what is the name of the swamp that is just north of Mercer? Sandy Lake. Rattlesnake Swamp, Reggie. Yeah, but okay. There, uh, look, there, back in the day, Reggie. But facts are facts. No, 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 because they're like mostly in. Um, South Central Pennsylvania. There's some in southwestern Pennsylvania. <laughs> but 
excuse me. Like ones in Lancaster. Yeah, but like usually once you get up like towards 80, like our climb, our climate is a little bit different than the southern part of Pennsylvania. But you this far north. Yes, you do. But you know, it's a little warming. Look, we get it. You're you're living living in that tropical climate down there and you know in, in central PA. Have you ever heard of like Elk County? Yeah. They have rattlesnake hunts there, and that's like in the mountains. Hmm. All so, I know is that Pennsylvania has the very few poisonous snakes. Well, yes, that is that's true. That is very true. And guess what? Copperheads and rattlesnakes. Copperheads don't come this far north. I gotta stick with regular right now. Yeah. Then what's the other one? Um, there's a there's a water snake. It's it, copper it, or water moccasin. Water moccasin. Yeah, that's water moccasin. That's what I meant. Water moccasin. All right. Well, hey, look, Reggie, it's great to have you back. We're 16 minutes in and we're way off task. Uh, that sounds about right for us. Yeah, but we're still like four minutes ahead of schedule. So look. <laughs> Tom and I are both coughing for whatever reason. Uh, what, what, what? I thought, oh, Tom, are you coughing or Mike, are you coughing? Uh, not me. No, I keep coughing. Well, Tom did take his medicine shortly ago. He's still getting that airflow going back through. It restricts his lungs. Mm. That's right. Who's talking about that? So, look, we Reggie, we've been on a history kick, all right? Mm-hmm. We talked about the villain of all villains. We had no coverage. Oh, no, Johnny from... Johnny from Johnny from Karate Kid. Kid. Yep. How he got a bad name, and it was really Daniel who caused all the problems. So... Have we? Have we? Have you guys watched all of Cobra Kai? Well, we definitely have. Just well, Tom, maybe not. Um, Netflix, if you're listening, he does not have my password. <laughs> not at all. He lives in the garage, so it's technically the same property. <clears throat> um, but we we're we were more focused on Karate Kid Part One. Mm. But the real villain was um, Benedict Arnold. Benedict Arnold. And then we talked about the general of all generals. No, the spy master of all spies, because he was actually a terrible general. Yeah, that's that's fair. Georgie Porgy Washington. We never got to whether or not he really chopped down a cherry tree. What do people think? Um, you know, history tells us yes, but. Um, learned people tell me no. Yes, I'm going to say where he lived, you couldn't grow a cherry tree. So, like I said, I'm going <clears> to <throat> agree with the learned people that tell me these things. And so this week... Which was I, Mr. Peabody and Sherman. I know, they were fucking greatest historians. <laughs> so this week we're jumping a little bit further. <clears throat> further ahead. We're going to kind of tie it into our episode about Prohibition. Because it kind of happened right after. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about... <coughs> that was me, Reggie. I apologize. We're going to talk about John Herbert Dillinger. 
So he was born in 1903. Did not live a very long life. Only made it to the age of 31. 31 in one month, actually. He was born June 22nd, 1903. He died July 22nd, 1934. So we all know that I kind of come at the historical part. We all know. <coughs> I'm really coughing now. Someone, someone give us something. Um, there's oh, what a fact. Oh, you know, uh, Dillinger served in the Navy, actually. Because at the young age of 20, he stole a car near Morrisville, Indiana, and took a joyriding through Indianapolis, where he was confronted and shot at by police. And the judge gave him the option. Go to jail or serve. So he did what anybody would have done. All right, well, I'm going to go serve. Went to the Navy. However, he still had quite the problem with authority in the Navy while serving on the battleship Utah. Uh, he was repeatedly punished for insubordination and going AWOL until he went AWOL for good in 1923. Yes, in Boston, Massachusetts. Yes, That's sir. That's just one more reason, besides Tom Brady, to not like that place. Oh, and Marchand. Yeah, him too. Sorry, Reggie, you were hitting me with some sports stuff. <clears throat> um, so listen, just like everybody that seems to have issues, whether they're serial killers, and I'm not saying that that's, not, that's Dillinger at all. No, because in, in – Everything that happened when he was a kid, he had a shitty childhood. He, with everything that happened even during his string of bank heists, only two police were killed. Right. Uh, I mean, that's the only one he was convicted of. Right. Right. Well, he didn't kill the other one. It was somebody else. But he it was pretty worth Yeah. Mm -hmm. But he, he, uh, his dad, man, was like one of those guys. I, I think he was a baker. Yes. So we're, I guess we're obviously during his early childhood here. He, he grew up, his dad was a baker. His mom passed away when he was like four years old. Dad was getting up early in the morning, going to the bakery, raised by his older sister. After dad was done baking, he started hitting the bottle. And the sister would say, you know, little Johnny did this and little Johnny did that. And then dad would just kind of pound on little Johnny. Mercilessly. What's yes. the report I read? Yes, he was very harsh. So, little Johnny then kind of is growing up. Besides, he really doesn't like school. Drops out. I think he's about 14, roughly. Uh, if this is your first time listening, we, we, we know a little bit. We make up a lot. Just understand that. Just roll with it. Um, That's what we do. I'm still upset about that one-star review on Apple. So. Mother? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't have an iPhone, so I can't really read it. I need to grab the little, I need to grab our IT guy's phone and check it out. But anyways, so he drops out and decides he wants to start working. Goes and starts working at a machine shop because he wants to start making money. Right. <laughs> right about this time, dad decides he's selling the bakery and moving. Well, you know, John doesn't want to move. 
all his friends were here. Right. So he said, I'm staying here. So he would ride a little motorcycle. Oh, did I just steal your fact? No. Okay. He would ride his motorcycle to the machine shop. And at some point, he gets kind of caught up with a guy from the neighborhood. It's a little bit of a thug. He decides that he's not making enough money working at the machine shop. So, Tom, would you like to tell us what happens? Um, he tries to rob an elderly grocer where it just he, – he doesn't know what he's doing at all. The thing is botched from the second he walks through the door. So he gets arrested and spends eight and a half years in prison where he gained a, quote, comprehensive education in the tricks of the trade – from hardened criminals in Illinois. That's right. Mm-hmm. So, Reg, did you have a thought on that? Um, so, the fun fact that I know relates to the movie. So, Johnny Depp grew up um, not that far away from where John Dillinger grew up. Oh, I didn't know that. Right. And he was researching. Um, John Dillinger and his role, and he's very thorough um, for characters that he plays. He mm-hmm. was really upset that there weren't any audio recordings of John Dillinger like available. Right. So um, he listened to tapes of John Dillinger's father and um, used his like dialect and his like voice um, yeah. to kind of. Uh, pull together how John Dillinger likely would have talked and then um, how his like mannerisms or like how he would have like moved as an actor um, from like all the all the pressers that um, he could find of, of John Dillinger's father. Right. Um, that, that's an awesome that's awesome because down the road whenever we get to that part it was pretty amazing when I was reading about all the people that offered like this ridiculous amount of money mm-hmm. for everything. Like the, um, his dad and I guess, did he have any brothers or was it just a sister? I don't just remember. Sisters but they pretty much like were the mod, the, the first version of eBay, you know, they auctioned off all his clothes um, they were dabbing napkins in his blood. Well, that, so they were that wasn't that. No. Um, but they hit like they hit they were like they hit the tour, you know what I mean? Right. They people would pay them to come and talk just about like what it was like right. living with him. Um, he was just he was such a celebrity. Yeah, which is really crazy. Like um, there were in his height, right, there were actually companies that used him as an um, unsanctioned spokesperson, such as Hudson, Hudson Automobiles. Dillinger chooses the 1934 Hudson for his personal use. Ford, will they ever catch Don Dillinger? Not until they get him out of a Ford V8. Yeah. He actually wrote. He actually wrote Henry Ford a letter to tell him how excellent Fords were as getaway cars. 
because they had so much power. Yep. Yeah. And uh, oh, was, what was my other fun fact? Well, oh, I got one while you're thinking of that one, Reg. Well, I got, I, I got, so I've got, I've got two. Is that Listen, don't use all, both of you guys, don't use all your fun facts. Like, I'm we not, haven't even I'm not, so my related to the, to the movie is that Leonardo okay. DiCaprio was, um, who they originally asked to do the role, but he was doing another movie at the time. But he I was doing the pilot. Yeah, he was the beach. The beach. He was doing that at the time, but I think it's funny because he ends up playing J. Edgar Hoover in that movie, in, in the other movie. Yeah. Um, and then my other fact was, um, so John Dillinger ends up being like this huge celebrity. Yeah. Um, because at the, because we're coming out of like prohibition and we're coming out of. Well, so in middle america like people are starving and like things are really really bad yeah they hate the banks because the banks are taking their farms they're taking their houses so they really feel like they're kind of living through him like well they're getting what they deserve these banks are getting what they deserve here's what it is is they are viewing him as a modern day robin hood very good I mean, if he was giving the money back to the people, like, then I would say that that analogy is correct. But yeah, but he definitely wasn't. Well, see, but here's my thing, though. Here's why I kind of halfway agree with that, because I see where you're coming from. But the fact that when he would rob these banks, he would also erase mortgages. He would take all the papers. Yeah. Is why I say, like, the Robin Hood aspect, because he was, like, erasing you know giving money back by erasing their debt technically i guess yeah you know all right so let's see he gets in trouble for beating up the grocery store guy gets kicked out of the Navy, or no good he, he went a one eventually they just give him a dishonorable discharge yep spends his time in prison <laughs> he's at the indiana reformatory and then to the indiana state prison and this is where, well, hold on. This is, he, did you know that he had something? Uh, no, him and Al Capone didn't have the same thing, right? Yeah. What did Al Capone have? Chlamydia? Oh, no, syphilis. Syphilis. Oh, old John here has got some gonorrhea. Treatments are painful. While he's in the infirmary, he meets the future members of his gang. Such as? Handsome Harry Pierpoint. Yep. Charles Mackley. And John Hamilton. What? No, John Hamilton was dead a long time ago. It, it's his it's his descendant. Actually, that was Alexander Hamilton. <laughs> yeah, John Burr. And, and really, the other, the key guy here, though, is this Homer Van Meter. He's a killer. So while they're in jail, and because they, they have nothing to do, right? When we get out, we're going to, let's start figuring out what we're going to do. So they plan all these bank heists that they're right. going to do. <laughs> um, and during this time, John's dad launches a campaign. Like, you know, when I sat down and talked to the judge, it's just really his first major offense. He was supposed to just get like a slap on the wrist. You locked him up for 20 years. Um. 
so like after nine and a half years, he finally gets paroled, right? Right. Right at the height of the Great Depression. There's no work. Right. And if there is work, they're not going to hire someone that just came out of jail. Yes. So, June 21st, 1933, to get some money, he robs his first bank. The New Carlisle National Bank walks away with 10 grand, which is an insane amount of money back then when people have no money. They're losing everything. Uh, I don't know what it equals to today. I have. It would be about two hundred and five, two hundred and six thousand dollars. That's insane. So he robs that bank. Lives on that money for a little while. Decides he's going to rob his next bank. August tenth, he robs a bank in uh, Bluffton, Ohio. Eventually, he gets captured and put into the Allen County Jail in Lima, Ohio. Which, I have to say, in my tenure as a furniture delivery man, how many times I went to and delivered furniture in Lima, Ohio, and never knew that he was once there, there and broken out there. Yeah, yeah. So they get they catch him, right? Okay, but I have something at least to where you're going. Go ahead, Tom. <clears throat> All right. So he planned to break these guys out. Yes. Okay. The the the, um, the handsome Harry Pierpoint, Charles Mackley, and John Hamilton, right? Yeah, the first Dillinger now. So he was planning, but a few days before the escape, where they smuggled in three guns and yeah. ten persons were able to escape. But before that happened, Dillinger was arrested in Lima, Ohio, at his girlfriend's house. Right. But they find plans in pocket when they arrest him. And they're like, what is this? This looks like a jail. What is this? What is he, he didn't he he's no he's no, he wasn't a snitch. Right? No, absolutely. He's not getting any stitches for snitching. He kept his mouth shut. Right. Was, he ain't talking. He no, ain't getting he the walk. No, nothing. You're not getting nothing out of this guy. And it was the plans for them to get out of prison. To return the favor, these guys all break out because of his plans. So they go, and they go and figure out where old Mr. Dillinger's at. <clears throat> they kill the sheriff, get some police uniforms, go to the prison, tell the prison that they're there to transfer him to a different facility. Right. One thing leads to another, guns are fired, blah, blah, blah. He escapes. And then directly after, decide. Now, this is where you can either call him ballsy or stupid. Directly after breaking out of jail, his first three robberies with his new bank heist gang were 
police stations. Whew. Where he robbed them of the Thompsons, their shotguns, the pistols, bulletproof vests, tear gas, everything that he used during his string of bank heists in 34. Yeah, that's insane. The cojones on that man. Right, and then the article I read stated that officers were too shocked and disbelieved to do anything. Yeah, just came out of nowhere. Because they came in dressed up nice in suits, and the next thing you know, the guns popped out. And the, you know, was, who robs a police station? Oh my god! But yeah, that was that was old Johnny D. And then you know, one thing leads to another, and once again, he gets caught. <laughs> no, believe it or not, like this guy, this is like Houdini, man. No, no. Always get in trouble. Since there's a criminal aspect, he's the 30s version of 1980s Pablo Escobar. Without the drugs. Well, yes, because uh, I'm going with the escape. I got you. All right. All right. Comparison. So he gets caught, gets sent to the, uh, in Crown Point, Indiana. The warden gets on TV. And says, standing right next to him, our prison is unescapable. John Dillinger will be here for the duration of his sentence. And Mike, or no, let me ask Reggie. Well, and John Dillinger, like, then, like, starts answering all their questions. Well, Reggie, do you know how he broke out of that unescapable jail? Um... I don't, I don't remember. I just know that, like, at the press conference, he, like, buddies up to, like, the, the DA or whoever it is who's, like, bringing him in and, like, starts answering all of these um, reporters, like, questions and, like, he's just very charismatic. Yes. Which enabled his lawyer to smuggle in a wooden gun. That he claimed oh. time of arrest that he made, but later reports definitely show that his lawyer smuggled it in during this distraction part. Is that the one where, so is this the time where he like holds like 17 police officers hostage? In yeah. Order to oh, yeah, the prison guards. Yeah. yeah, he holds them all hostage with a wooden gun to get their real guns to then actually effectively break out. With the warden's car. With the warden's car. Yes, sir. <laughs> but here is, here's the flaw. Here's what? his mistake, Tom. He crossed the state lines. He's doing back to Illinois. He went to and, Chicago. And once he did that, who becomes involved? The Fibbies. Yep, the Fibbies. The Alphabet Boys. The Federal Bureau of Investigation, which spent $2 million of their time's money to catch him, where he only stole about $700,000 yeah. of their time. So the U.S. government definitely spent way more money trying yeah. to catch him. I mean, that's typical, right? That is typical. Just let the man live his life. Like, if you would have left him alone, 
he would have had one last big score and rode off to the sunset, lived his life on a beach in Mexico. Look at me, man. I'm a freaking, I'm a, I'm a groupie, man. I'm a John Dillinger groupie. You know, so am I because, yeah, and you know, I, I, um, Derringer had pistols changed their Derringer to Der- or to Derringer to avoid getting sued by later generations of the Dillinger family. That's cool. All right, so he escaped from Crown Point, right? Yes, sir. Now he's got a new gang. Because some of you guys are either dead, they're locked up, they're just not with them anymore. So this ties in. Okay. When he steals the warden's car and flees to Chicago, who does he meet up with? Oh, please tell me it was Mr. Capone. No, sir. Somebody with just almost as much recognition, you know, whatever the word is. Popularity. Babyface Nelson. Oh. All right. <laughs> That's pretty good. It's it's not Mr. Capone, but well, if I want Mr. someone riding next to me, that isn't when Capone. I'm going to shoot some shit up. Babyface Nelson, you're he, my guy. You know, he, he's up there on the list. He's up there on the list. You know, this has me wonder. Were there any Canadian mafias? That might be in... New episode idea? Yeah. Reggie! Is that a good episode idea? Yeah. Well, and um, so in terms of this, uh, Billy, oh, what's her name? His girlfriend is French-Canadian. She is Miss Frochette. Miss Frochette. So, and they, they actually get her to testify at some point after this break-in. You know, they spent two weeks up in, like, North Dakota, and then they were in Minneapolis. Um, hold on, I'm reading something here. Yeah, that's an episode. We're going we're gonna to do an episode on the Risotto family from... I don't know, dude. Is that really Canada? That's Quebec, man. You, you know, for NHL, for NHL rules, it's Canadian. All right, that works. So, so they end up in like freaking Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Yeah. If you don't want anybody to find you, Sioux let me tell you. <laughs> even today, South, South Dakota <laughs> and even North Dakota, just go there. There's only like 42 people that live in each state. According, 43 and a half. According to the last census report of uh, 1814. <laughs> so. When we follow. That's, yeah. We use the data that benefits us. So, anyways, they end up in um, Iowa. He robs a bank. He robs a bank in South Dakota. Robs a bank in Iowa. So I think we're what up to like four now? Four big bank four robberies. Big bank robbers, yep. And they sit and rent a little apartment in the Lincoln Court Apartments. Right? Living their life, no big deal. 
people are reading about him in the news about oh, he's got this special Ford and he's got this and he's got that. The freaking apartment manager sees him pulling in and out with that Ford. He's parking it behind the apartments, whatever, right? Calls in a tip to the Fibbies. She. Oh, is it she? You're right. Yeah. Name is, I don't know if it's Anna or Anna. It's A-N-N-A, Sage. No, that's later, Tom. Oh, that's later? The facts are wrong. All right, all right. That's at the very, very end. Oh, you're right, you're right. Yes, sir. Okay. I don't know what that person's name is, though, because I did delete it out. Oh, no, I do have it. You're right, it was a she. Daisy Coffee. Well, with a name like Coffee... You're just not just not spelled the same. You're either gonna be an angel or a snitch. Or a snitch. This one went the wrong direction. This one went to snitch. You know, and for those of you who didn't pick up on that, I was uh, I was referring another, to Green another, Mile another, by Stephen yeah, King or a sports reference. Jeez, totally my fault. Did you get a phone call? It, you know, it's just like forty-two percent wine that we're drinking. So, anyway, <laughs> you know, and I'm and I'm going to reiterate the fact that it is uh, pretty effective. Yeah, we're definitely not driving. I don't even know if we can walk the seats at this point. So, listen. Oh, Daisy wow. Coffee. And don't worry about it, dude. We got a fucking fridge of meatball. Language. Language. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Don't flip and worry about it. We got yeah. a darn we got, refrigerator we got, like, of left over from uh, Shaggy's graduation party. So, this lady, Miss, she calls the Fibbies and says, hey, this might be of interest here. So, they send an agent over. He starts kind of doing some research, some reconnaissance. He starts looking around. Says, yeah. Yeah, you know what? It it could be, but like you know, we're not really seeing him leaving the apartment. Um, oh, hey, Mike, I'm sorry, Reg, I'm sorry, but do you know what the first official name for the Fabi guys was? It was G-Men. Well, that's the name. That wasn't official. That was only on government documents, Reg. Oh. Before it became the Federal Bureau of Investigation, wasn't it like um, the Bureau of Investigation? So wow. it was just BI again, FBI. Back to people were so creative. So, all right, so these guys start staking it out, and they're like, "All right, look, there's this brand new Benson part in the back. People can't afford that." This has to be him. So they send some agents over. Two agents go. They knock on the door. Miss Frechette. She barely opened Just enough, like, to peek an eye out, you know. And uh, they were like, hey, you know, we want to come in. She goes, you're going to have to come back. I'm not dressed. You know, I'm not. I'm not decent. That's the word. I'm not decent right now. And uh, they said, that's okay. You go ahead and make yourself decent. We're going <clears> to <throat> stand here and wait. 
And then she goes, I think she like told him, like, let me go get my husband. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then who opens the door? Mr. Van Meter. And what happens up. to those agents? And says, they say, is your last name Watson? And he, no, I'm not answering that. I'm a soap salesman. Oh, see, I did. The see, that's the history part, Tom. You don't learn that in your ten random facts that no one knows about John Dillinger. You got to read a little deeper, Tom. So he says, "No, I'm a soap salesman." And he keeps walking by. They're asking him questions. He keeps deflecting. He gets down to the lobby. They realize something's off. Shoot the tires out of the Hudson. Van Meter starts shooting at them. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to say against police. I think you were antagonized, man. If somebody starts shooting my tires, yeah, I'm going to shoot back. In the Great Depression, how much are tires? Oh, good three, lord. Three kids and a goat? And an arm. It's quite possible. So they have a big shooter. Guess who sneaks away? Oh, Johnny D. Man, sneaky dude. He, he gets out of there. He was um smart. Yeah. He knew when he knew when a situation was turning shit and he knew when to run. Yeah. Like as you said earlier while we were shooting pool warming up, was like that uh, Kenny Rogers song. You got to know when to hold him, know when to fold him, and he you know did. Know when to walk away. Of course, now I was referring to Hudson, who was trying to steal the pool balls. But it applies. See, I worked that in. I like how you worked that back, Tom. So he gets away. Well, they arrest her. Right. And it throws him into a bit of a spiral. All he can think about is, I need to break her out. Right. You know, because he was, as most men, myself included in the past, have yeah, been. Yeah, that's true, man. We was, we make bad decisions over girls. We do. Reggie, do women make bad decisions over guys? Uh, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> that's a yes, people. Is it, though? Is it? It is. All right. Because I know Reggie. Okay, so we all think with those parts. <laughs> um, that's good to know, Reggie. I'm putting that in my little notebook of how to understand how women think. Um, Lord, that's going to be from the four to the seven compressed edition. And it's going to have like three things written in it. This is what guys know what women think. Right. Three sentences and 24 blank pages. Perfect. Thank you. And on the best page. <laughs> Thanks for flipping through all this, suckers. <laughs> so, hey, during all this, oh no, I forgot something. What'd you forgot, Mike? During the shootout, Dillinger pops. He does pop out. He ages. He's got his bad 
um, in his um, ignorant, super cool Tommy gun, which is a Thompson machine gun for those that don't know. That is one of the ones with the round cartridges. The drum. Yes. The drum clip. And he just pops out and starts. In the leg. Yes. They make a run. And then which he pays after uh, after a little bit. Okay. To he, Chicago, right? He goes back yes. to Chicago. He pays five thousand of of nineteen thirty four money, which at today's money is $102,874.49. And I'm going to stop you there and tell you that that's what he promised, but he never paid the guy. Two guys. Yeah. Dr. Meg. This was to get his fingertips burned off, right? No, that's later, Reg. Wow. That's what he decided to need some plastic surgery. Mm, okay, yeah. Is, okay, I'm okay. I'm talking about the plastic surgery. Ahead. Okay, you're I'm, I'm ahead. ahead. I'm ahead. My bad. So he hooks up with one of his acquaintances, Eddie Green. They take him to Minnesota. I'm sorry. I apologize to our fans. I I screwed the timeline up. But they take him to Minneapolis. Doctor Green comes in now. Doctor Green's used to working with some shady people. He's got some side offices under other people's names. He treats them. Uh, and he John, knows a thing or two about a thing or two. Yeah, and he knows. He knows. It's just keep your keep your mouth shut. Snitches get stitches. And we'll pay you a lot of money. And we're going to give you some cash. You're going to be all right. You're going to be better off than you were before you came here. You know what I'm saying? And uh, so he stays there for about five days trying to recover. Which, uh, I, I'm sorry, time out to bring a modern day. After spending many years as a violent biker, I can tell you vets like that still exist. And that's all I'm going into then. Yeah. We don't want us to catch up with them in his future. You know what I'm saying? I'm an angel. He stays there for five days until April 4th. Dr. May was promised 500 bucks. They snuck out in the middle of the night. He got nothing. You play with the fire. Well, I mean, that's what you get for trusting a nationwide yeah, criminal. Uh, so they they need they know they need to get the hell out of town, right? I mean, I'm sorry. They need to get the heck out of town. I apologize, Reggie. They're listening to our podcast for the first time. And don't realize that when we say it's, I don't even know. What do we mark as? Right, I don't even know. We're, we're marked as a mature audience. Sometimes <clears throat> bad words do come out. What the fuck is a bad word, Mike? I don't know. Uh, See? We will have to ask let Reggie to submit a list before next episode of unappropriate words. Hey, Reggie, stop. I'm sure George Carlin's bit on What I mean, I don't even know if my favorite word is on that list. Shit, piss, cunt, 
Motherfucker, and what the hell is the fifth well, one? Well, you're only on four. You got to come up with three more. You said it was seven. That's right. I, I'm not George okay, Carlin. Listen, listen. I'm not George listen, Carlin. Listen. I just quote Tom. Tom did not take advantage of the fantastic education that was provided to him, and still to this day does not know how to count. I'm pretty sure George Carlin never. Well, he is so. Listen, Reggie, what are you saying? But George Carlin also makes fun of the list because he has fuck and then motherfucker on there yeah. the, the same time. So, I mean, technically okay. speaking, it could only be six. So it could be like five with Six with dirty words. Yeah, yeah, five with Nash. There you go. Um, but you know what? No see, you see you next Tuesday is, is my favorite. <laughs> and we could do it. We all... Uh, Reggie, the whole series. Reggie. What? Go ahead. Go ahead and look up on Google the University of Northern Texas College coffee mug. Oh, I oh I know. I've almost bought it a few times. It says UNT on it, right? Yep. On a white mug, and the handle is black in the shape of a C. Yep. <laughs> Trust me. I wish I would have known that school existed. I would have went to college there. You know, I, I I actually had one, Reggie, but somebody made me send it back because it was a stupid waste of money. Well, that's your fault. So, anyways, that they, is they go they take off in the middle of the night. Back back to the man of the hour and I have 42 minutes. Since we got cut off from her, we've still got 48 minutes left of time. <laughs> we need to start doing this every week, man. Just accidentally hanging up. And then starting over yeah. and combining the two. There you is. So he, uh, they take back off and they go to more back to Mooresville. And they spend a couple days there and they're trying to get the family, contact the family, see them. Reach out while the FBI is watching. Which is always dumb. Well, you know, you can't blame them at this point, though, because the FIBI's still pretty new, right? Right. So they have a picnic with the family. They're hanging out. The FBI agents kind of realize, like, all right, we're sitting out here. There's this farm. There's nothing around. We're in this car. They know who we are. So they pull away. That's like April 6th, 1934, roughly. April 9th, he's got an appointment to meet some people to talk about some business at a tavern. On uh, I don't know the name of the tavern, but they gave the address. So I'm going to give it to because it may be relevant. I don't know. 416 North State Street, right? John decides something's a little bit off. So what happens, Tom? I don't have it, Mike. You don't have that? I don't have Well, no, because here's the thing is I always go lesser known, so I ignore the main. All right, that's fair. So he senses something's a little bit off, so he sends Billy. Billy for Shep. Oh, Billy for sure. A poor Canadian that's in the wrong place 
at the wrong time. No, a poor Canadian looking for work who found it with a mobster. So if she's hanging out with a mobster, she's probably not poor. So a well-taken-care-of Canadian in the wrong place at the wrong time goes into the bar. <laughs> as soon as she walks into the bar, everybody knows who she is. She gets arrested. Right. This is where he goes off the deep end. We jumped the gun a little bit. So he goes off the deep end, realizes stuff is not good, and drives off. He never saw her again. All he could think about was busting her out of prison. The members of the Dillinger gang number two talk him out of it. Yeah, they 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 weren't down for it because no. she they viewed her as a liability. Right. And Mr. Van Meter, fresh off his shootout, right, is encouraging Dillinger. Let's break her out. I know a guy, right? Everybody knows a see, guy. See, and that's how it always starts is, I know a guy. Yeah. So the only guy I ever knew could give me free CDs. So obviously, I'm not a gangster. But I did know a guy that any movie that came out, he could hook me up for like two bucks. Shout out. I'm not going to put your name out there. So you know who you are, you and, know, and, and we love and, you. And if you're if you've been caught and you've been persecuted or prosecuted or whatever the word is, just disregard that statement. Um, <clears throat> so he says, Look, I know a guy that can get his bulletproof vest. I know a guy that can hook us up with rocket. Right. Let's just go. He can get Whoa. us fucking tanks, man. Yeah, he can get us a freaking armor-plated tank that we can just run through the building. Let's get her. And all the other people are like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, man, that's dumb. But, you know, John was, as most men in history have been, was blinded by the almighty woman. Yes. He was thinking with something else. The wrong head. We'll put it that way. Sarah, about this, or we have to have a different discussion. So they end up taking a freaking cop as hostage. They take him into the police station. They steal more guns. They steal bullets, bulletproof vests, but quickly realize like. Right. She's not tricked us. We need to get the heck out of town. This was a terrible idea we've been set up. Yeah. Spidey senses were going. They were tingling. So they head to Wisconsin. Right. Is that how you say Wisconsin? No, it's Wisconsin. Wisconsin. They, look, I was there one time for a job interview. Did you go to the mall member of America? No, that's in Minnesota. Okay, fair That's enough. in the Twin Cities. No, I didn't go there. So I, w I was in Stevens Point, Wisconsin one time. What an amazing city. Until they asked you if you were a Packers fan. No, 
And then you said, no, no. Uh, well, if you listen, and they fired you. No, listen, <laughs> it was 62 degrees, right? I sat down to eat at this pizza shop, and in an hour, it was 12 degrees, and eight inches of the snow fell. That told me all I needed to know about Wisconsin. So then you moved to Western PA where it does the same shit. That was not my choice. <laughs> so, uh, hey, did you know that in 1934, he paid $5,000, which is equivalent to $102,876.49 today to underworld plastic surgeons Wilhelm Lilscher and Harold Bernard Cassidy uh, to give him a facelift, uh, remove some scars and moles, and fill in his famous cleft chin. However, the ether was nowhere near as effective as they thought it would be. And he was in excruciating pain and awake through the entire procedure. Where they also, which coming back to Reggie, they uh, burn off his fingertips with chemicals. But after all of that, Dillinger was not happy with the results, claiming that the surgery was a failure because I, quote, hell, I don't look any different than I did before. Actually, he would have like many panic attacks. Yes. And that's around town. And that actually happens a little bit after where we are, but we're going to get to that. Actually, we can skip it now. But he would have panic attacks walking around town with his fingers bandaged, whatever. And, and the two surgeons would say, this guy's going to get us freaking like caught. Like right. people should not be walking around town with a bandage on their nose, their fingers wrapped up. So, and guess what? Those guys didn't get paid either as much as they were supposed to. They took cash on the on demand, and the rest did not come. Right. So, what, which is a common theme, right, for America? Unfortunately, not for me. I don't pay my bills. My credit score drops, Tom. Well. Mine too, because we're um, yeah, we're modern. we're law-abiding citizens, right? Damn it, we like missed the boat. Let's just be renegades. Mark Reggie, we know you can't you can't join us on this. We understand. We're just gonna be renegades, uh, Reg. We will call you from undisclosed locations. Every Tuesday to continue the podcast. Yeah, on burner phones, absolutely. Anyway, so they take off and they end up in Wisconsin. Wisconsin. East Curtis. Cheering for the fucking Packers. Well, I don't think that happened. Because if he was cheering for the Packers, he wouldn't have got turned in. Well, the Packers also didn't come in until the 60s, but still. That's fair, too. <laughs> we got a whole bunch of issues with this story. So, 
it, it's they end up at Little Bohemia, this resort in Wisconsin, middle of freaking nowhere, right? He walks in the door, and immediately the guy running this place recognizes him. Hey, you're John Dillinger. And he said, you're right, I am, but here's the deal. Quiet, don't tell anyone, we're going to make you rich beyond anything you could imagine. Your family's safe, we just need to lay low for a couple of days, we're going to get out of town. Right. Unfortunately, this guy must have relatives from Baltimore. Because he snitched. Well, his, fa his family members snitched. He didn't snitch. He was just kind of like, okay, and, you know, let them go about their business. But some that's, of his that's fair, Reg. You're right. He smelled the money and said, smells real to me. Yeah. I'll take it. So, but anyway, so they call the tip line. They sent some some uh, some fibbies out, and right before they were able to bust in the door and complete the raid, a dog barks. It wakes them up. They look out the window. They see them coming in. Right. But they're like, well, I thought they were all like at a bar, because then um, like these two other. Like these two other guys, like get up from the bar and leave, and they aren't with them. Like they're just innocent people, and they go driving down the road. And then what happens? Hmm. Do you know what, what happens, happens? Reg? Tell us, Reg, because that's different than my notes. So what ends up happening is the FBI thinks that it's um, Dillinger and his men are escaping. Okay. So they shoot up this vehicle that's coming down the road. So this is like, um, I'm sorry. So, so no, you mean police made a mistake. Wow. Well, so this, this has been like the ongoing thing. Like Jagger Hoover is getting like really, really peeved because Melvin Purvis, who's like reported yeah. to Jagger Hoover, you know, keeps making mistakes and he's not getting, um, John Dillinger and, um, like he's just kind of inept. Yeah, he's getting embarrassed, right? And so yeah, so it's like this huge embarrassment. So then um they end up so they end up shooting up this vehicle full of innocent people and um the one guy dies, the other guy's like critically injured and during like this um you know, scuffle or well the sh the shooting like the John Dillinger and his whole gang, like they escape through the woods and um, they like go running through the woods um, to, to kind of like escape from, from the fibbies. And um, I think at one point they end up like stealing the FBI guy's car, but it might've no. also <laughs> another part of the story where like John Dillinger like steals like the sheriff's car or something. Uh, that's interesting, Reggie. 
Um, and I, and it, that could be accurate, but like what I read or was that like these agents were sneaking up on it was like they were at the bar and I don't know if that shooting occurred but Dillinger and them were going in a different direction back to this hotel right and, and that may tie together like in the morning they realized oh shit we, we kind of messed up here we're not who we thought they were Right. So let's go back to this inn and then like a dog barked. It woke them all up. They saw them. A little bit of a shootout breaks out. A civilian gets killed. And an FBI agent also gets killed. But they're able to escape. And that probably ties back into the escape through the woods. Right. And then people aren't sure where he's at. You know, he was actually when he was, you know, murdered by the FBI. Wow, we're skipping. We're skipping way ahead now. A little bit here, Tom. Well, dude, who cares, man? We still got thirty-three minutes, according to this. All right, all right. Then, then I'm gonna shut up. So, where did that happen, Tom? Where? What happened? The town. Let's talk about the town where he ends up meeting his demise. I didn't write that down because it was, I figured, I, no, I assumed, okay, not fi- I assumed, which made an ass out of you and me. That's fair. He ends up That he would have that. After all this, right? Right. He's still destroyed because the love of his life. I still walked up. Is in prison. Right. He meets a lady. He used to run a whorehouse, a brothel. Excuse me. No, 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 no. Reggie, are you judging her? They're just Reggie. They're, they're just doing what they need to do to get you men. Reggie, 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 you just you got to where I was, and you were yelling at me for jumping ahead. Reggie, right. no, ju- no judgment. Sex workers what? just legalize it. Yes, it. Whole other what? rant. <laughs> One dollar at a time to get through medical school. Uh, listen, I'm not judging. I think it should be legal. And hey, how come strippers dancing to put their kids to feed their kids get mad when you tip them with canned food? I don't know. I got kicked out last time. I gave them uh, Similac. <laughs> so, anyways, I gave them fake money. They said this is fake money. I said those are fake titties. What do you want? Then you fake like me. So he he meets this runaway from Florida. <laughs> we're definitely getting banned off of whatever platforms we're on at this point. <laughs> but he meets this girl from Fargo, North Carolina, North Dakota. That's right. He went back to the Dakotas. No, he's no, he didn't. He's in Gary, Indiana. This girl is from Fargo, North Dakota. Yeah, but then he goes back to her family farm. For huh. a few years. That's your real. Okay. So the girl's name is Rita Polly Hamilton. And what does she do, Reggie? She ran a brothel. No, on a sage. Ran a brothel. Yes. Well, yeah. I was going to ask, was it still legal? And she her brothel. 
um, Anna Sage married a Gary, Indiana police officer. Wait. And they ended up getting divorced, but they were still quote-unquote friendly. Right. So the man, the myth, John Dillinger, wow. John Dillinger, let me tell you, this wine. <laughs> this wine is. is Reggie, I may be asleep till like next Tuesday. You're going to have to plan that next episode. So, old Johnny D <laughs> sees this girl, and she is the spitting image of Miss Frechette. Yes. He falls in love instantly. He's there. Seeing her and the sage, hey, hey, we've all been there. That's fair. So, Anna Sage, though, her real name is Anna Ivanova Akleyeva. Uh, she's from Romania. And if you were in Romania, we apologize. So, but I speak that language. If you happen to know Romanian. Let us know the correct pronunciation. Because she has to be a legend. She's in trouble, right? She's facing, they're watching her. She's, yeah, she's facing, deport, facing deportation. And she said, hey, for half the reward money. And you let me stay here. I can tell you where to find public enemy number one. Which, by the way, at the time, the reward for him was $25,539,382.46 of today's money. So she turned him in for, what, $257,000? Yep. $257,000? Yep. Which? So they start watching. So the problem was Anna lives with Johnny and his girlfriend. With Johnny and his girlfriend. And he's a little bit paranoid. And I can't blame him because people are looking to kill him. They're looking to arrest him. He can't go anywhere. So he's pretty paranoid about, like, where are you going? What are you doing? Right. So there's a movie play. Freaking Boise. I don't know where it is. So, History Channel says Boise. Uh, let me read a little bit here. I'm not. I'm not sure I'm where where, remember, but... where it happened. It tells me Chicago, dude. We're, they're back in Chicago. They right. want to go see this movie. It's about a, a gangster, of course. Right. Has, um, I believe it's Cary Grant. And, you know, the famous people of the day. Right. right. Which, speaking of, time out, mm -hmm. side note. Warren Beatty, who was the biggest actor of the day, played John Dillinger on yes. screen. 
that because he looked just like him. Yes, he did. So they go to see the show. Oh wait, I'm sorry. Warren Beatty played uh, Clyde. He played them both. Uh, no, because Public Enemy Number One was James Cagney. No, it was James uh, Cagney play play John Dillinger. Reggie, we're on our second growler of home and wine. <laughs> I have a film degree. Just because you record pornos does not give you a film hey, degree, hey, Reggie. Hey, hey. Um. We don't want. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, Jane. Hold on, I gotta. I have to Google this now. What are you googling? Yeah. Who played um, who? So in. Yeah. No. In. Uh, James portrays <laughs> well, well, an Irish well, American mobster. This this lady her her. Giannis. Called her agent, freaking Mr. Purtis. Mr. Purtis, Purtis. She and had from, a from, from the outlaw from she the outlaw was, perspective. Purtis was the bigger fuck. Was the biggest fuck in history. He definitely was not very good at his job. So she called. She says, "Hey, look, you know, I want to make this fancy dinner before we go to the theater and watch this movie." But I don't have the stuff. What ingredients? I don't have the ingredients. She goes to a little corner store. She calls him and says, "Hey, look, tonight after dinner, we're going to um, oh man, what's the theater? The Biograph Theater in Chicago. They want to see this movie with James Cagney." Or whatever his name is. Cary Grant. I don't think Cagney's right. Cagney. Cary Grant. Cary Grant. So Cagney did play John Dillinger. Like in the first movie. And then they remade it with Johnny Depp. Yeah. It was a li like loosely based on her. Warren, Warren Beatty. So Warren Beatty played Clyde in Bonnie and Clyde. And that's when Carly Simon was dating. Um, Warren Beatty, and she wrote "You're So Vain," and that "You're So Vain" is about Warren Beatty. Oh. Right, "You're So Vain." You probably think the song is about you, don't you? Don't you? See, we know this, people. That's right. So, <laughs> so <they're laughs> movies. Oh, good lord! Back to the man <laughs> of the hour and forty-two minutes. They go and they watch this film. While they're there, the Fibbies are stores, they're watching the main entrance, they're in the lobby. The guy that owns the theater thinks, oh dang, I'm about to get robbed. Like so they and, and the FBI purposely left the Chicago Police Department out of there because they figured they were corrupt. So this guy calls and says, hey, look, I've got some characters hanging out here. I feel like they're about to rob me. They're, you know, Mr. Dillinger 
watching the movie. The movie Manhattan Melodrama. Which is about a gangster. Yes. American Gangster Manhattan Melodrama. Which, uh, okay. He calls the cops. The cops from the Chicago PD roll in with an unbelievable response time that like you know normally now like nowadays you call the chicago pd it's tuesday night they show up like thursday three, morning three tuesdays from now <laughs> shit will work itself well, out time out when i was living in houston after i graduated high school my sister in houston called me and said hey i just got home from my work my house is broken into there is no way that I should have made it through downtown Houston to her house before HPD showed up. But I was there before HPD was there. Probably because you drove through like people's yards and shit. I might have. Yeah. So they watched the show. The Chicago PD gets called. The Femmies run under like. <laughs> Dude, we're in like we're in the middle of something here. This is ours. You piss off. You you move back. You're in charge of keeping people off the sidewalks. Right. Your crowd control. Because stuff's about to go down and it's gonna be ugly. The movie ends. Purvis and his boys roll up on Mr. Dillinger. Who attempts to pull a 380. Dillinger, sorry, Derringer, okay. and then realizes, oh, this shit's not good, and takes off running down the alley. Where he gets shot about 13 or 14 times in the back well, while running. Well, according to, according to police reports, Tom, 13 shots were fired. He was Two hit him. One like in the leg, but then the just like fatal, JFK was only hit once. I don't know who that is. As a, I've never heard of that. <laughs> who is she? <laughs> um, Mike obviously does not want killed by the U.S. government. Absolutely not. I don't even want to know where I am because as of now, I'm still Canadian. I'm still on a small little island. I don't know where with four inhabitants. Let's keep it that way. <laughs> so the shot that killed him, though, went through the back of his neck. And pretty much out of his eye. Yeah, it went out of his eyeball. Under the eye is the alleged report. And did you know, at his funeral, even though they, they tried to keep it secret, over 5,000 people still showed up. Oh, I think it was even more than that, Tom. I want to think I read it was like 15,000. But anyway, so he gets shot running through the back, right? Right. Like, come on, people. Do your freaking cardio. Run that sucker down. Let the dogs loose. Something. You don't shoot a man in the back throw, for me. Listen, throw Hey, 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 throw FBI, if you're him. listening, do not shoot me. In the back for saying no, that. Please don't, please don't. I like my back. 
It's like where my best muscles are, you know? <laughs> right. So just throw a brick at me, I'll fall down and you can cuff me. Or stick the dogs on me to tackle me and no, then no. you can cuff me. No dogs, dude. Those dogs are nasty. <laughs> That's fair. But I'd rather a dog. Now until you end up with Hitmo. Yeah, oh, no. Kayla, release the shit juice. <laughs> hey, another dad joke. I went to a zoo. It only had one dog. It was a shit zoo. Tom. Mike. You should have saved that for next week during your little mini episode. <laughs> so, anyway, so look, look, he dies, right? They do. What, what a shame, right? The guy shot through the back. He passes away. They call. They do what they need to do. They call the cops in. We're gonna pretend that didn't happen. Uh, Mike, that was Mike broke glass. No, Tom, no, no. In my hour that I'm already brought here. Um, so they call. They do their thing. They call the people in. He's pronounced instead of pronouncing him dead at the scene. They take him to the hospital. They pronounce him DOA. Yes. Yeah. The research indicates that over 15,000 people came to see him. Right. Right. Uh, and some of those people, so the number's probably higher, but of those 15,000 people that estimate another four or 5,000 went back in line. And to see of, him again. Out of all of those, do you know what they estimate uh, celebrities of the time were? Much lower than that. 14%. So, yes, 14% sounds low, but when you've got thousands of people, 14% equals out pretty high. Yeah. So he, he pretty much had almost every male celebrity of the day Going through. Going through just to get a look at it. Listen, when he died, people were going to where that the scene of the death was. And this is back to your statement 43 and a half minutes ago. What were they doing? Taking cloths. Oh, right, right, right. And, you know, uh, profit hunters is what, they're, what they were called. We're taking like napkins from the restaurant they were eating at and dipping it in Dillinger's. Wiping it up. To sell because they knew they could get a buck. Yes. Which is unfortunate, but understandable of the people at the time. Exactly. It's the freaking end of the depression. There's no fucking. I'm sorry, Reggie. Um, There's no bleeping work. And uh, people need to eat. So, you, got, you got an opportunity to make a couple hundred bucks and then and that day money. I'm You're taking my it. shirt off. I'm wiping it up. And then I'm cutting little one-inch squares out of my shirt. And I'm living large. So have you ever heard of a death mask? Yes. What is it? It is at the moment you die, African tribes... We'll put um, basically what is their equivalent to plaster on your face to catch your moment of death. 
Very good. I'm impressed. And a beard. I'm just saying. Delete that, please. Uh, <laughs> so there have there are five confirmed death masks of Dillinger. And there's one in the Alcatraz Museum in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, of all places. So look, I just Hey, I, one would think the Alcatraz Museum would be in yeah, be San Francisco. Island. But anyway, so look, I just read this. I'm freaking going to Pigeon Forge, dude. There is one of those five death, death masks of, of, of Mr. Dillinger. And you can see where the bullet exited his face. No shit. So, it, I don't know, man. It was like a perfect storm, right? <clears throat> like, people are freaking losing everything they own. You got a guy going and robbing the banks. And like you said before, a very handsome gentleman, too. Yeah, charismatic, never hurt anybody unless you were a police officer. There were no no civilians injured by her hands. Ever. The only time a civilian got injured was at the end of his life when he exited that theater. He bumped into two different people, and one of them was shot. Um, so as he was trying to pull his 380 cylinder yes. out of his pocket, people loved him because he was taking back from the banks what they took from the common person. Right? People love people loved him not because he stole the money. People loved him because he destroyed the paperwork. Yeah, thanks. He freed them from their, from the. Uh, I don't even know what that word would be. That, that's a good word. Um, which loosely, if you think about it, Fight Club is based off of because Tyler Durden wants to destroy all the banks to reset everybody to zero, erase all the mortgages. Fair enough. So listen. Don, J Don, not Don Johnson from Miami Vice. <laughs> American hero or American villain? You let us know how and you feel. Whatever's whatever's on the list for next week is canceled. I'm letting you both know. <laughs> we now we are now talking about Bonnie and Clyde. Next week was supposed to be water. Was supposed to be Watergate, but I don't know. I'm a big fan. Of, I'm a big fan of Watergate, and I will say that Bonnie and Clyde, like the movie, was just a drop, like a huge dramatization. The act, like the actual, um, like historical event, like they're a blip in all of this. Like Ron Dillinger. Huge. Fine, fine, fine. Like, but like, Bonnie was a bit like was babysitting or a waitress or something, and she yeah. got bored. That's fair, Reggie. That's fair. All right, listen. 
I'm willing to listen to my co-hosts. Especially Reggie, who is like 4,236 times smarter than me. Reggie, I rounded down. Next week, Watergate. Sound good to you? What? So how political are we allowed to get? Because... Reggie, you can do your thing. This is Nixon is a fascinating president. Listen, if it takes fascinating, I mean a piece of shit. You know, and I feel like we're almost by making it one episode, we're doing not doing it justice. So we can discuss that after. But um, so tune in next week. We're going to discuss all things Watergate. We're not sure exactly where we're going to start. We thank you for joining us. Reggie, we're so glad you decided to come back from your European vacation. It was fun. Because, uh, you know, things weren't great while you were gone. We weren't sure if the podcast was going to continue. It was very close to becoming... um, we used to have a drink and have a podcast, but thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us. Send us some, send us some tips. You want to be involved in Watergate? Let us know. We'll, we'll tie you in. We know that it's all Forrest Gump's fault. <laughs> have a great week. We will uh, see you all soon. Take care. Reggie? Yep. Thank you for coming back. All right. I missed you guys. See you next week. Or see you next week. See you Saturday. All right. Take care. Bye.